Today's episode of the Goldcast is sponsored by the tears of Aaron Rodgers. I have them in a cup. I'm drinking them right now. They do, Ray. You know what they do? You know what it tastes like? Tastes like victory. That's exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> you stole the words right out of my mouth. You know why? Because that's exactly how it tastes, Ray. That's the only way it can taste like victory. Raymond, why don't you let them know where can the people, where can the Goldcast Nation find us? You can like us on Facebook.com slash the Goldcast. And you can also follow us on Twitter at the underscore Goldcast. And be sure to like, subscribe, and comment on Apple. Apple Podcasts. <laughs> YouTube and Stitcher, all under the same moniker of the Goldcast. And if you do like the video, you know, be sure to give it a like. That certainly helps us out. And if you, you know, want to sh- turn it on to some of your friends, be sure to share the video. Leave a comment if you would like us to to read it here on air because we are going to go over some of the comments. We're going to actually go over uh, predictions. We're going to see how well you guys predicted the final score, and then we're also going to take maybe a question or two. We'll see. All right, here we go. Green Bay came into town. They walked in as men and they left as boys. As it always usually happens this decade when an Aaron Rodgers team meets a good 49ers team. Hasn't beaten a good 49ers team the entire decade. And yesterday was no exception. We're going to get into it. But of course, the greatest fanless in the game is here. Your professor of fanalism He's in the building too. Classes in session. Let's go. San Francisco, are you ready? This is the Gold Cast. Boom. Welcome to another edition of the Gold Cast. We are the Boys of the Bay. I'm your host, Rudy Cease III, and with me is my brother, my co-host. Raymond Salise the first, baby. Boom. All right. So, Raymond, the narrative going into this game was that the 49ers were untested, that they had not, that the only time they had faced a really good team in the Seattle Seahawks, we lost. And there was a lot of questions about whether or not the 49ers were capable of of taking on another one of the big NFC juggernauts and I literally, literally read this. Read someone saying that Shanahan is good, but that they weren't sure if he was going to be able to out-scheme Aaron Rodgers, which I was it was literally on NFL.com I read that. I was like, that's the dumbest thing I've ever read. <laughs> but uh, So that was the narrative going in. You know, Jimmy G playing better, but... Still, lots of questions around him. And kind of the narrative all week really was that the 49ers were probably going to lose and that Green Bay was going to come in and really handle their business. And they did. They did to the tune of eight points. I saw that it was a mixed bag, too. Like like half the pundits were – I noticed that all the pundits I liked picked the 49ers and most of the pundits I hate or I've – don't really watch because they're not regulars, all picked Green Bay. And almost every pundit who is a former Green Bay player picked Green Bay, to no surprise, of course. No. And so I really, I really, uh, it, it was, it was, it was down the middle, but it did seem as though most people were picking the Packers to win. Vegas had the 49ers as three-point favorites. And like I said, Green Bay did. They came in and they handled their business to the tune of eight points. They scored one touchdown in the third quarter, and they were held scoreless for three other quarters. If handling your business means getting your ass kicked by the 49ers, then the Packers were the best at it this week. So it was a great game, incredibly dominant, almost the exact score. What did you did? Did you say 35-13? What was your prediction? I said 30 to 13 and that the defense would sack Aaron Rodgers five times. And you did accurately to the T predict five 
Sachs. But I want to hear your breakdown, Raymond. Let the people know. Let the Gold Cast Nation know. What did you see? Because this, this ended up being the ultimate statement game. 37-8, to eight, royal ass-whooping. What did you think? What did you see? Well, I saw really from the very first opening series for Green Bay that this this game was going to be very one-sided from the very beginning. Within the very first series, we have a fumble, a sack fumble, and Nick Bosa recovered it, and then we got a touchdown on the very next play. So right off the bat, Green Bay kind of gets punched in the mouth. And Rodgers kind of has this look. I know you're you're much better at the reading the psychology of players, but Rodgers just kind of looked dumbfounded throughout the entirety of this game. And almost after that first sack fumble, it's, it was as if this cloud settled over him and he kind of just felt like, uh-oh, I think this is like, this is the snowball that's going to turn into an avalanche. And it they never, outside of the late third quarter touchdown, Green Bay never really recovered from the opening sack fumble. Listen, listen to this line. Listen to the 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 the, the, the listen to the results of all their possessions from the first quarter to the fourth quarter. Fumble, punt, 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 turnover on downs, punt, 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 touchdown, turnover on downs, game. My God. Aaron Rodgers, 104 yards, 104 yards. That's it. That's, that's his, that's a, that's not only a season low, that's his career worst. He has never played. He has never posted a stat line. So subpar of his actual, you know, skill level and expectation ever before this game. I saw that. And I, and I understand that he's like in the twilight of his career and he's not quite the same. I still think he's a very good quarterback and he's still very capable. He's he's helped lead this team to an 8-2 and two record, so that's nothing to scoff at. And But at the same time, he never had time. He constantly... Five sacks means that there was, you know, double the amount of pressure. You know, five sacks, it means that there was there was two times the amount of rushers either hitting him or getting in his face or flushing him within the inside the pocket, outside the pocket, trying to step up in the pocket. That That's what that means. That's what I thought, because I thought San Diego, I was like, San Diego sacked Aaron Rodgers like five or six times too. And Joey Bosa got, had one or two sacks in that game. And he was really kind of the, he was the most formidable one in that pass rush. But for us, we have a multitude of different uh, players that really kind of solidify our rush because we have so many substitutions and our depth is really good. I know D Ford didn't play in this game, but if D Ford played in this game, we probably would have had one or two more sacks because when you have the inside with the twin towers, the six, seven twin towers and Eric Armstead and, and DeForest Buckner, both who had sacks this day, Eric Armstead actually had two and now has double digits on the season with 10. We also lead the NFL in sacks now at 44. But when you have those two twin towers flooding the middle, pushing up the middle, Rogers has a decision to make as most quarterbacks, especially ones that like to, that prefer to drop back and make throws to, now he has an opportunity to flush to his right or flush to his left. But because we also have two stout Pro Bowl level edge rushers, the the options are there are also limited too. So like D Ford said in the beginning of the season when they were talking about, you know, how good that this, you know, pass rush can be and what teams should expect, D Ford put it perfectly, saying, Pick your poison. If if you want to flush to your left or right, You've got edge defenders majority of the time closing that side of the field. And if you want to try to step up, good luck because you have two very even larger defenders pushing up the pocket. And that's really what happened majority of the time. Aaron Rodgers didn't have time. His throws were rushed. I'm surprised he didn't have picks. He he got sacked. He got hit. He got pushed around. He lost. He did give up a fumble. So 
this was just a total domination defensively. On the other side of the ball, we saw we did see Green Bay. Green Bay did sack Jimmy a couple times, and one of those was a coverage sack. The other one was just poor protection that we were getting early on in the game due to Justin School getting beat by one of the Smith brothers. I forget which one was on him. They 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 also changed sides too, but we made an adjustment early in the game and said pulled him out and put Daniel Brunskill in, and then that changed. The, protect, the protection got much better after that and was very consistent in terms of protection and also run blocking downfield. And so that that really helped us get back on track because Green Bay is very susceptible at the run and we they did get he they did get gashed periodically, which again sets up the brilliant play action pass that we see coming out of Kyle Shanahan's play design. The play that sticks out to me the most is there's there's a lot of plays that stuck out to me, but the the one that really stuck out to me is the fact is George Kittle's big touchdown catch. And George Kittle was, was yeah, he was amazing. He led all receivers with six receptions, 129 yards. He he caught all six of his uh, balls thrown his way, and he had the big monster touchdown for I think like 61 yards. But the point was, the play was designed to sell a fake. The offensive line sold the fake. The blockers sold the fake. The tight ends, he had multiple tight ends in, in this set in order to sell the fact that they were going to run and do and do a very large committed run. And they all pushed left. George Kittle motions from the right over to the left. And then when he starts out in his route, he actually is trying to sell a corner route um, on the defender. And then once the corner bites, it's either the corner or the safety, I can't remember. But once he bites on the fake, then he pivots to right and then finishes uh, the post route. It's called a post. And so fake the corner and then actually go for the post. And once he did that, he it was pay dirt. He, had enough, he has enough speed, even though he's got a chip bone that he's running on right now, to outrun the defender. And Jimmy Garoppolo just nailed him pretty much in stride the same same thing that happened to Debo Samuel earlier in the game but that that was just and this and the the importance of that play was not only the fact that the Green Bay bit on the run and also bit on the fake route by George Kittle but because this came after Green Bay's lone touchdown and two-point conversion it was the long eight-minute drive in the third quarter. Took up majority of the third quarter. It was 13 plays, 52 mm-hmm. yards, and it was greatly assisted by uncharacteristic penalties on the defense that had a lot, a lot of penalties this game, more than I've I've seen all season, according to my recollection. Although I can't be sure, I have to look at the numbers. But that was the impression I got, and that those those penalties are really what kept the drive alive because they were stopped uh, on more than one series throughout the duration of that uh, possession. But they got that score, and Kyle Shanahan basically said, I'm going to, because you got this score, and now it's 8-23, to I'm going to now do an explosive, on purpose, by design, scripted, in order to really nullify that effort and demoralize the Packers. Because right now they think that they have a sign of life, they're only two possessions out of it, and and so you 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 think there's there's a and it's it's still within the third quarter. You have a whole another quarter to play with in terms of trying to get back into it. So to me, Kyle Shanahan played this brilliantly because in two plays on the ensuing possession on our own twenty five yard line, he just had two plays for twenty five yards, which included the second play of that drive was the George Kittle sixty one yard touchdown pass, which was. A, beautiful pass by Jimmy Garoppolo and it was 26 yards after the catch so you know a third more than a third of that yardage was George Kittle just outrunning the defenders uh, at Green Bay and taking it to the end zone and so to me that, that was such a pivotal play because not only was it you know signifying George Kittle's return to the lineup and what he means to this offense but also keeping Green Bay honest and just saying, hey, you might have earned that touchdown, but just guess what? You gave those points right back, and now you're right back where you started. And, you know, you're 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 in you're in a deeper hole now because we got that score quick. And and then the very next possession for them, they actually held the ball for 12 plays. They took up about six minutes of the quarter. So they really dominated the time of possession in the third quarter, but it really only amounted to eight points and then a turnover on downs. 
And then after that, you know, it was, it was just, you know, the, just such a, such a terrific effort from everybody. Debo Samuel, you know, there wasn't a whole lot of passing in this game because I felt like our rushing attack was very, was, was executed very well. And so I didn't see there. My impression was there wasn't a huge need to throw heavy, you notice that whenever the running game's going, Jimmy G throws for under 300 uh, passing yards because that's kind of where we sit. We had uh, 117 rushing yards and 253 passing yards. That's kind of the that's that's the balance that Kyle Shanahan. That's like the, the, that is like the average that you tend to see. He yeah. usually hit, he hits somewhere around 250 yards when when they rush for over 100. Yeah, exactly. And that's because that's that's by design, because it's like you don't need to do that. If you're gashing them, then great. Then you can do play action plays to keep the drive alive or you can use play action plays, plays like we saw with George Kittle to create an explosive. I think the Niners had six explosive plays uh, on the day. Um, some of them were running. We saw the two big explosive passing touchdowns. Those were all on the money. To, to me, this offense looked like it it looked similar to how the chiefs operate so the chiefs the chiefs have a lot of explosive plays from Patrick Mahomes where he usually dumps the ball off to Tariq Hill who can catch the long ball and catch the short ball and beat you beat you with his speed and agility so sometimes Mahomes will dump it off in a short pass and then the receiver will do all the work like we saw with Debo Samuel doing the uh, when he was in the slot position i think it was like second and 6 in the uh in the um what was it the second quarter i believe yeah and he did a short pass over the middle and then Debo samuel took it for 29 yards after the catch and then we saw the long ball which we also see from kansas city and by the way kansas city does run the west coast offense despite it being the most dynamic offense that andy reed has ever run over there but then we saw the long ball from george for george kittle which was also very – it reminded me of Patrick Mahomes because that's what he does. He I usually see him dump off a ball, and then the guy gets the yards after the catch touchdown, and then I see him throw the long ball for the you know the more – that's the more signature touchdown throw that Patrick Mahomes does. Not We don't do that as, as often because we just operate – we're more methodical than that offense. But we did see explo- – I saw explosiveness like Kansas City, and that's because everything was clicking, right? The running game was going, which opened up the play-action pass, and no one's play-action pass is better than Kyle Shanahan's. It's just so deceptive, and everyone's bought into it. So there, there's, there's an, there's a, there's a concerted effort to really sell those plays in order to give the primary target the explosive. And so this was just total domination, up and down. Special teams was excellent today. So it was. This is what I thought it was going to be because when we did the preview game, I just didn't see a lot. I just saw a bunch of matchup problems from top to bottom against this team. And one of the biggest ones was the fact that Aaron Rodgers was not as mobile as the two quarter, the three games we had played against Kyler Murray and Russell Wilson. So I thought that the Niners would kind of get back to the dominance that we had seen in the previous weeks before that three game stretch where we were facing more drop back quarterbacks that don't have the, the elusiveness to get out of the pocket as quickly as Kyler Murray and Russell Wilson does. We actually have, obviously have a bigger test coming up this week and uh, the Ravens actually just got wrapped up with their game earlier tonight. But, but yeah, this was this, what happened with this game is exactly what I expected to happen. Now, I agree with you about Aaron Rodgers. He looked overwhelmed. He the the defensive line was suffocating. I mean, he was running for his life on almost every single play. There was another 49ers uh red jersey chasing after him. I mean, there were so many times where he was getting just under constant pressure, and it's tough even when you're a vet like Aaron Rodgers. It's really hard to maintain your composure when you have a defense that's just completely taking you out of any any rhythm that you're used to. And I thought the 49ers defense really to me even though the offense did great, the star of the show was the defense. And Fred Warner 11 tackles. He was yeah, he was terrific. He was everywhere. Everywhere. Nick Bosa again producing so much pressure. Dre Greenlaw with six tackles, two assists. 
uh, you know, Jimmy Jimmy Ward was in there. It was just once again a team effort, and I do I love George Kittle, and I'm just glad that he's back. He just brings a whole different type of energy to that offense. But the defense, I thought, was really the star of the show this this week. The defense just came all the way back, and like you said, there was a lot of matchup problems. I thought the 49ers. I, I did believe the 49ers were going to win, but I thought they were only going to win by three. I expected I expected Vegas to be right, and uh, but you ended up being right. It ended it ended up being much much closer to basically a you know a blowout. That's that's exactly what it was. Really, it was a blowout. Uh, but in the end, just an exciting game. I mean, it was just one highlight reel after the next on both sides of the ball. And when you have games like this against a team like the Packers, it really solidifies the fact that we are truly one of the best teams in the NFL and arguably the best team in the NFC. I don't really think there's anyone that can that's better than us and Nick, I look forward to next week's big test against the Ravens. But in the NFC, we are the top dog. Well, this week. Yeah, and th- this the game. Sunday. This game made it uh, solidified that, even to me. I was like, we're the best in the NFC. There's just no question now. It's, it's, there's, it's not even a question. This team is so dominant. They're so fast on both sides of the ball. Kyle Shanahan, as you mentioned, is just the best play caller in the game. Truly truly a great great team performance overall and, well not just not just the best play caller but the best play designer there's just there's we do more motion than anyone else in the nfl we do more play action than anyone else in the nfl and play action play action is it is the most you know deceptive form of offense that you can have in in your playbook and so so Kyle Shanahan, that's why Kyle Shanahan puts such a heavy emphasis on the run, because if you execute the run, then you can open up a whole plethora of deception to keep defenses off balance. And that's why we're the second best scoring offense in the league. Yeah, it's 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 very impressive. Jimmy G, once again, another great turnout for Jimmy G. Zero interceptions. He did not give us our usual one big interception for the day that kind of gets you shaking your head. He played a very efficient game, was 14 of 20, 253 yards, two touchdowns, and zero INTs. That was probably my favorite stat of the day. Um, Ray, I was talking to our father, Ruiz Luis Jr., unofficial third member of the Gold Cast. I was asking him what team, what previous 49ers team does this one remind him of? What was, you know, what, what, which from, because dad's been watching the Niners since I think 79. So I said, okay, what, what, what team does this remind you of? Uh, I'm sorry, which, which previous 49ers team? And he thought about it for a minute. And he said, you know, son, this team reminds me of the 49ers team that went 15 and one, which was the 84 season. Uh, on our way to kick uh, kick Dan Marino's ass and and take our our second ring, the the fifteen and one forty nine ers season for our younger Goldcast Nation fans is the actually is the first time that a team won more games in the regular season than the the Miami Dolphins in their perfect season. They went fourteen and zero, and so we went fifteen and one, and it was actually the best regular season record at the time that it had occurred. Um, it wasn't undefeated, but it was more wins than Miami had had received. And he said that that defense that year was very dominant. And this team reminds him of the '84 uh, 49ers, which I thought was a, a pretty cool uh, little anecdote. Yeah, I think. I mean, based on record alone, they're the only team that comes close. I think Steve Young's '94 team was 13 and three or 12 and four. I can't recall. And '88 and '89 teams, you know, had multiple losses, but was still a dominant two-year stretch there. Almost, almost made a run for the third there, but three has just obviously been very difficult to do for 
any franchise with the exception of the Buffalo Bills, but they couldn't get away with a single win. And despite going four times straight. And the Patriots also just finished up going three in a row. That's right, but they lost one. Yep, and screw the Patriots. So, Raymond, why don't we go through, let's go through the reader comments. I want to see how close were they in their predictions. So name the reader and then what what their prediction was. So Niner by Nature was the first oh, that's, one. That's 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 our dude. Yeah. We lo- we, hey Niner by Nature, we love you. You're the best. Shout out. He predicted forty two to seventeen. Oh nice. You guys you guys you guys love that seventeen <laughs> margin. <laughs> I see a lot of seventeens with these margins. And then we have Jabari Owens. I recognize that name. Shout oh Jabari Owens, Owens, another shout out he, shout out to Jabari Owens. He predicted, coincidentally, 28 to, wait for it, 17. <laughs> Tyron Wells picked Packers 24-20. Oh, how dare you. So not only was he you. wrong, yeah, exactly. I think he's a Packers fan. But how he was, uh, he was pretty you. wrong. Johnny <laughs> Dell. Shout out to Johnny Dell. Johnny, Johnny Dell Academy. So he chimed in. He gave out a 28-20 to 20 score in favor of 49ers. Gold Miner 49 wrote 28 to 17. So we have two 28 17 predictions there. Wait, John what was Johnny's Niner, again? What was Johnny's? Johnny Dell predicted 28 to 20. 28 to 20. See, he was like me. He was thinking it was going to be closer. Shout out to our boy Johnny Dells. He is the man. If you haven't gone to subscribe to his Football Academy, you're really missing out. Go on his YouTube page and download. Go subscribe to Johnny Dells Football Academy to yes, get. And he, yeah, he will be breaking down tape of the game uh, for the game, and I'm really looking forward to seeing his breakdown of the George Kittle game. That's been the most popular play of the game. Obviously, it was the most explosive play of the game, and so we've had a, I've seen a lot of pundits talking about the play already, but I'm still excited to see Johnny Dale's Johnny Dale's typically more in-depth version of play breakdowns versus what we see online uh, oh, yeah. in other on other outlets. So um, Johnny Niner eight predicted thirty one twenty one Niner. Shout out to John Niner. That's the the for those of you who don't know that is uh, one of our fans who has the infamous Michael Myers picture as his uh, profile pic, which is now, Raymond and I's favorite horror film uh, icon of all time is Michael Myers. So I love that yes. he has the Michael Myers as He's his the avatar. Greatest. The, uh, Michael Myers the, is the Joe Montana of horror film slasher killers. He is. He's the goat. Andy Laird. <laughs> shout out to Andy Laird. He predicted 27-24. And uh, he also said, I'm going to throw this in there. I'm going to read his full comment. 27-24, 49ers. And we go 3-0 and over these next three games. And he, and he predicted that Bosa would sack Rodgers three times. Bosa did have other sacks in this game. But one of them got nullified by a penalty. He would have had mm. two, I think. A- Andy Laird and our boy Mark Thornton, Irish Niners fan, they're they're going to come onto the show at uh, pretty soon here. So get ready. These probably some of our most diehard international fans, and we've been I've been in talks with them, but we're, we're going to get them on the show. And we're going to do it together for, for for a 49ers international pod. It'll be awesome. And that was it. A lot of all of the uh, comments really kind of thought that Green Boy would put up more points, which is fair considering, you know, the the quarterback and what type of offense that they can generate when they're clicking on all cylinders. But obviously wasn't the case. And so I think points wise. Niner by nature got the closest with 42 because I predicted 30, then ended up scoring 37 and he picked 42. 42 is closer than 37. So congrats to Niner by Nature. That's a great oh, name. That's a Niner great name. Niner by Nature, 88 um, for the 42-17. And I, I predicted 13. They ended up getting eight, so I was off by five points there. And then and then an interesting question at the very end by Tribal Blazer 65. Tribal Blaze 65. He says, is it just me or the D4 trade wasn't really worth it? Dude is always injured every week, and even though he's played all the games, he's had only 20 snaps each game. Kind of a waste to put him to put in millions just for a third down specialist. Now, he actually doesn't have a 
ginormous contract that we're we know we got him we we acquired him by trade. Quan Alexander is the one that got actually a very large contract that's now an IR. So some of that money, at least for the the the, the remainder of this season, will you know be wasted due to injury. But D Ford, yes, D Ford is on a limited snap count because of because he has lingering, uh, he has reoccurring injuries. I forget what it is, but he has something that he has an injury that reoccurs. But in order to keep him fresh and to keep him have him do what he's available to do, what he's able to do on passes, because he comes in mostly on third downs and passing situations. He's he's part of the nickel package as well, but. In order to keep him fresh, that's what they've decided to do with him. And we have so much depth, though, that we really don't skip a, a lot of beats when he's not in the lineup. And that was obviously evidence in last night's contest with the five sacks in his absence. If we, get, I really think, though, we do need his speed back, especially for Lamar Jackson, which we'll talk about later in the week before the uh, before the Thanksgiving break. But that's uh that's definitely something we're going to need going forward just because his speed off the ball is just he's he's the fastest edge rusher that we have he's faster than Nick Bosa and the Twin Towers so having that speed solidified on that edge to have both our edge rushers collapse the pocket and then have the Twin Towers really kind of clog up the middle that's really what we need against someone like Lamar Jackson because he just ran rampant against the Rams and the Rams just really aren't a very good team that's part of it too. The Rams just have so many holes. I know they traded for Jalen Ramsey, but that's just one corner. They've got issues at safety. They got issues on the other corner. Aaron Donald's really the only one that pass rushes, and you can see that he's been double teamed over 500 times more than any other defensive lineman in the NFL. And that's because even even the past couple years with Aaron Donald there, I mean, he, Aaron Donald was much better when Robert Quinn was there because then he had to worry about two defenders. But Robert Quinn's not there anymore. And it's really just him. So, and I know they got to they got him twice. One was a coverage sack, and the other one was just good pressure. But but that's that's a just think about it. That's a shitty pass rush that was able to do that, and it just wasn't enough. They they just ran the ball as much as they wanted to, and they threw the ball at will. And if they weren't throwing, you know, Lamar Jackson was doing his thing. So it's just it's just you saw it today. And I would say I still think the Niners have a more impressive win because of the caliber of team we put the beat down on versus versus the Ravens, who kind of just beat a team that's really not as good as their record was would suggest at six and four. Because they're really just not. They're the opposite of like the Dallas. Like Dallas is so much better than their record would suggest. Because you, they have so much talent on, they have two terrific wide receivers. They have Jason. Yeah, they just have crappy there. coaches. Yeah, they just have really bad coaching. So they're the opposite. To me, they're the they're the inverse of the Dallas Cowboys, who are have terrific talent, but they're just coached poorly. So you know they they're 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 much better than their record than their record shows. They're six and five now, and the Rams. The Rams are actually, in my opinion, worse than their record shows. They just happen to, you know eke out a couple of games the the one in seattle they that one that was that was one they actually could have beat Seattle. that was when seattle got lucky on that one but anyways that's part of the uh the the yellow cast if you want to hear more about the rams that's that's the 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 yellow cast over there and then there's the uh the the neon cast if you want to hear more about the, the seahawks no, I believe the Seahawks cast is called the Stupid Cast. I believe that's actually the name. <laughs> the stupid. The dumbass team in Seattle cast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think it's called the Bitch Cast. It's called the, the Bitch Cast. <laughs> Something like that. Something yeah. like that. I, I can't remember. <laughs> yeah, but um, you know, D Ford, I, I, I think he is worth it as long as they can keep him healthy. You know, he's he's. I understand he missed this past game, and this was a big game. It's not like he wanted to miss it; he just couldn't, you know. But uh, the depth really is picking up the slack there, even on the off, on the offensive line side. We're picking up the slack, and what what more can we say about Jimmy Ward? The guy's starting to turn into from the glass cannon to the Iron Man. He's playing through. They call injury. him Mr. Glass. Yeah, he's playing through injury, 
and he's staying healthy and I, it's just finally clicking for him and I'm just happy for the guy because it's not like I don't like the guy. I mean, I have gone off on him before out of frustration because it's like I do recognize that he's versatile and he's very good when he's healthy, but he just hasn't been able to put that all together. Same with Eric Armstead. Eric, Eric Armstead was injured prone for uh, almost every year except for last year and this year. So Check this out. You know, we haven't really... We haven't really given them their due props. You got to kind of give it up to the strength and conditioning team, this new kind of state-of-the-art team that they put in. You know, there's been, there's been um, you know, the, the way they're resting players and, and how they're handling. There's a lot of preventative measures and, you know, you know, making players maybe take a game off that they wouldn't necessarily have done otherwise. And I think that in general, and we've, we've had plenty of injuries. Every, every team does, but in general, the overall health of this team has been, is the best it's ever been. And the strength and conditioning team that they put in, I think really deserves a shout out because they've, they've done a wonderful job with these guys. They have. And speaking on that note, game balls and showers. Yeah, Ray. I was going to ask you who gets your game ball. I think I know, but I wanna, I want, I want you to tell the people. I'm going to have to go George Kittle. He went yep. six for six, 129 yards and a touchdown. He just shredded, shredded the Green Bay secondary. There was nothing they could do against him. And this is not even a hundred percent Kittle. This is a Kittle running on a bone chip. This is a Kittle who also had what's the other? It's ankle and. I think it's an ankle and something else. I forget. He has. He was dealing with like two injuries. Oh, it was the uh, the knee, the knee from the hyperextension. But he had the ankle, which is a bone chip, and he had the knee, which was a hyperextension. I think that one is is more healed than the, the bone chip. The bone chip is this, is a lingering injury that he's going to have to play through, and you, and you know he's going to choose to do that because he's just he's just a completely different animal. So yeah, my game ball definitely goes to George Kittle. He was amazing tonight, and you can see why he's so important to this offense. I know the Ravens have Mark Andrews, but really to me, the Ravens number one offensive player is Lamar Jackson. And for us on in the passing side of it, it's George Kittle. And for the running side, it's, it's really the entire committee. But for me, that game ball definitely goes to George Kittle. I love it. My game ball. I knew you were going to say George Kittle. My game ball is going to Mr. Fred Warner. I really thought the defense, despite the 37 points that the 49ers put up, I thought the defense was really the star of this game. And I have to give my game ball to Fred Warner. 11 tackles, one sack, one tackle for a loss. He was just a, pardon my French, I believe the the correct technical term for it is a fucking monster. That's what he was. Just yeah, a and, fucking and, monster. And Nick Bosa said that he's the last one to leave the field after every practice because he was waiting at home to play video games to get online with Fred Warner, but he, he wasn't there because he was still at the field, you know, studying and going over everything he needs to go over, but he's really kind of taken over Quan Alexander's role. I don't think he's quite as fast as Quan. Quan has tremendous speed. He has defensive back speed, but Fred Warner is still just as good. He leads the team in tackles. He led the team in tackles again tonight. He also had a sack and a TFL. He's a turnover machine. He's so good at turning over the ball. He's always looking to punch the ball out. And we're certainly going to need that in this next two-game stretch before we go back into some more more favorable matchups and, and then ending the season on division stuff. But he he's been terrific and to be honest i thought the quan alexander injury would be more detrimental to the second level defense but it really hasn't dre greenlaw's been terrific lee's been great and you know what more can you say i know deontre moore uh he's he fe- he was the one casualty from this past game he ended yeah. up having a broken forearm so that was unfortunate because he had that that uh, awesome dagger dagger turnover um last week that that he was really stoked about so really unfortunate for him because i know he was so excited to be back in the lineup and actually be within the starting lineup but unfortunately his season comes to a very brief abrupt end and so next man up as they say so that's ronald blair's down demonte moore is down 
Hopefully D Ford is ready to go. But what can you and the other thing too, these are unsung heroes here. I don't I'm sure how much of our listeners are aware, but on first and second downs when we're expecting run plays, we have a different lineup uh, in the inside of of the defensive line. And that's usually led by Sheldon Day and DJ Jones. And these guys are just two really big they're 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 much more they're girthier than Eric Armstead and DeForest Buckner, who are, you know, much, they're, they're tall and they're large, but they're, they're much more leaner and, and more, mu- and just more muscle defined by more uh, muscular physique, long physique. They're very long, but DJ Jones and Sheldon Day are just these two, two wrecking balls that just crash the middle and disrupt the run, the running game of opponents. And they did a terrific job holding Aaron Jones, who's probably, I would say, would would you agree that Aaron Jones is the best back we've faced this season? I mean, Nick Chubb was pretty good, but that's earlier in the season when you're not really in full stride uh, of of your of your offense. And Gurley's been a shell of himself for most of the year. Uh, yes, dating I, back I, to to last year. Last year. Yeah, I would argue he's no, 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 no. We're forgetting Christian. Oh McCaffrey. wait, Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, yeah Christian, Christian McCaffrey. McCaffrey. Mm-hmm. Well, Christian yeah. McCaffrey had his way with some some late some big some late game explosives in that game, but yeah, but Aaron Jones is definitely up there. He's he's a top ten, probably the back. second best. Yeah, he's definitely the second best, and we're going to face you know another top five running back, uh, two top five running backs arguably uh, coming up in this next week. So that that will be a huge test for us, of course. And we're going to get into that because I know it's a game you guys are all itching to hear more about. But we just had to kind of go over the game that was just so dominant. And by, by the way, a lot of people now are now convinced that the Niners are for real. One, one Ryan Clark is convinced. I like Ryan Clark. Uh, I do too. And, and I, I was critis- critical of him earlier in the season because I knew that the analysis he was given was half-assed because he didn't watch the game. And he was just, because he watches all the games and he comments on all the games and it, he just, it's impossible to watch every game. So I was critical because I, I caught him in that, in that little, you know, half-ass effort. And then shout out again to Rex Ryan, a guy that I never thought I'd be shouting out more than once. But he said, I think the 49ers are the best team in the NFC. And I've been saying it all year, but nobody believed me because, you know, why would anyone believe me? I'm just, I'm just a former coach for 30 years. What do I know about football? That's <laughs> <laughs> what he said on the show. But he's, he's been great. If you guys haven't seen Rex Ryan's take, go on YouTube, check out Type in Rex Ryan, 49ers. Um, he's a super, super hardcore believer of the 49ers. And so he has some great stuff that he breaks down about the Niners. And so that uh, shout out to him for being a believer. And I think Max Kellerman is now on the Niner bag wagon. At least he was certainly very, gave a whole lot of praise. Steve, Stephen to- A. Stephen A. joined maybe like two or three weeks ago. He was pretty early adopter. You know, you know who, who also... Uh, I'm going to give a shout out to uh, for NBC Sports is Chris Sims. Chris Sims is just all yes. over the Niners. He's been all over the Niners all season and long. And he, he, pre- he predicted, he kind of felt the same way I did, that there just wasn't really a whole lot of favorable matchups for for Green Bay in this contest. And he felt confident that they were going to win. And his co-host on one of, he does a couple different shows on NBC, yeah. but the one that I watch is the one he does with uh, Mike Florio. And mm-hmm. That's a good Mike one. Florio picked, picked uh, Green Bay to win. And I tweeted Chris Sims. I said, you officially get bragging rights for, for your call on, you know, this game because the 49ers dominated and Chris Sims liked it. He didn't reply, but he did like it. I, I, I ended up watching the show. He didn't brag per se. He was very respectful to his co-host, but um, Mike Florio said like, you know, admitted he was wrong and just said the Niners are just amazing. You know, like, a, like he gave a lot of praise and was, you know, impressed as, as we all were about this. I, I mean, now I want to see what I want to see going forward is what kind of what kind of what's what's the comparison going to be like going forward as we get closer to the Sunday morning contest between the Ravens and the Niners. You know, uh, are are people going to take this dominating? Because here, a, a team like the Ravens, I think, should dominate a team like the Rams, much like we did, even though the first quarter we didn't put up the same amount of points. But division game division games are typically low scoring 
for the most part. And that's across the board. If you look across the board a lot, most division games are really low scoring. Look at the They're always Patriots really tight. And, yes, look at the Patriots and Buffalo. That was a very low scoring game. Look at the the Rams. The Rams and, and Seattle was a tight game, but the scores were, were a little bit on the high side. Uh, the The Arizona games were close. The Seattle game was overtime. You know, so division games are typically like that, and that's how they are across the board. You know, Pittsburgh against Cincinnati was 16-10. That was a very close contest. Cleveland actually beat Pittsburgh the week before in the famous brawl. So I, I'm not I, – I, I, but the Niners did dominate the second half of that game. The, the, the Rams came out and punched us in the mouth in the very first drive of that game, and were never able to generate anything after that. So that was a dominant game. We've had six blowouts this season. I think that's tied for the most in the NFL. Six blowouts meaning like you you're, you win by at least you know two possessions, and I think we've done that six times this season. The other four games were were tight with the one loss, of course. So and I think I think the only other team that has that many blowouts is New England. I think New England has uh, six blowouts as well. Overall, a great, great game. Excellent, excellent playing by 49ers. All phases of the game, uh, giving giving some of our older fans shades of the 1984 team, which was a classic pre-Jerry Rice team. That uh, that, that you know, sometimes I think sometimes that game gets a little forgotten, but because uh, it's kind of sandwiched in the middle there. But that, uh, yeah, and and that that, that, that lone loss was really a missed field goal by Ray Wershing. Had he made that field goal, much like you know, had we had Robbie Gold, or at least had a better attempt from our replacement kicker McLaughlin, you know that that we'd still be undefeated. But uh, but yeah, but that's but that's losing's that losing's good. To, yeah. Losing's good. Losing's good for you. It was the best thing to happen, and against that team, and I promise you, we're not going to lose to to them for the rest of the season. That's the last time that's going to happen. No Kittle, no Sanders, no Robbie Gould. It still took overtime and us missing the kick for the for the for the Seahawks to win. They will not win again. Screw that team. They're they're toast. I promise you. That's that's uh, Roots or Damas. Roots or Damas the third. Is that when I look into my crystal football, that is what I see. I see a stomping on the seabirds. By the way, the seabird, a sea, a, the seabirds, the Seahawk, a Seahawk is not. A real animal. That's a that's a fictional thing. There's no such thing as a Seahawk. So stupid. It is. Uh, and we're gonna and we're gonna invite the bitch cast on the show to talk about that <laughs> matchup towards the end of the season. So I'm really excited about what the bitch cast has to say about that matchup. So I know they they give a lot of uh, great breakdowns on on all of the those games. So shout out to bitch cast. <laughs> Someone right now is going on the phone going. Is it really called? Is there really a bitch cast? <laughs> I'd love to know if somebody actually is like, oh, really? Is there a bitch cast? Cool. I want to. I want to. Um, I want to give that a listen. <laughs> I'd love to hear the bitch cast. All right. Uh, do you have any cold showers? I wonder if your cold shower is the same as mine. My cold shower. Gosh, I. There's. There's like two cold showers I want to give it to, but I think the most deserving one from my perspective has to go to Aaron Rodgers, who oh. just never, never found his rhythm, never found his footing. He he was 20 for 33, 104 yards with one touchdown and a fumble, and really, because he had his career worst game, Aaron Rodgers struggles against a good 49ers team. Colin Kaepernick shredded him every time they played, I think. And yeah, four times in he, a year and a half. He, yeah, I think they won against us two years ago in twenty. Or oh, they, we played. We played last year. Only, only the bad year. team. He's only ever beat. He's never beaten a good 49ers team this whole decade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so to me, Michael Shower goes to Aaron Rodgers, who just really kind of had that dumbfounded look on his face. To me, he just seemed. He just seemed like. I, uh, Overwhelmed. The, the look, the, yes, the, the the look on his face—it was almost like he's like he's like he submitted then. Yeah, like he gave up. That's what yeah. He, I was like, like what, what is that? Yeah, like he was just like it, 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 you could just see it. It's like you know, I almost feel like I almost especially when his right tackle went out. When remember when his right tackle left the game mm-hmm. and Nick Bosa's like, "All right, I'm on that side now." 
yep. you know, automatically nominated himself. So I was like, ooh. To me, it was like, like it's like Aaron Rodgers had that look on his like, this is going to be a long day. Yeah, 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 absolutely. He did look overwhelmed. Anyways, what do you guys think? Let us know in the comments. What are your reactions to this epic, epic win? Are we officially the best team in the NFC? I think without a doubt the answer is yes. And we will be back later on in the week to preview this game between us and the Ravens for NFL supremacy. Raymond, who is the number one team in the NFL? God, the schedule has worked out so perfectly for us. Is it the 49ers or the Baltimore Ravens? We're going to find out this Sunday who is the best. Whose yard is this? We're going to find yeah. out. <laughs> now now we, we, we got through the best game of the week with Green Bay at San Francisco. Now we move on to the next game of the week, which will undoubtedly be the San Francisco 49ers at the Baltimore Ravens Sunday, 10 o'clock. Let's effing go. Raymond, any final thoughts before we leave? I look forward to getting back on the horn and breaking down this next game because this is this one's even more significant than the Green Bay game. 100%. 100%. Uh, final thoughts... Those Midwest, those Midwest guys, you know, when they come to California and they have to deal with all this perfect weather, you could tell, you know, how, you know how West Coast teams really struggle when they have to go to the East Coast? Those Midwest teams, when they have to come to the West Coast, they don't know what to do. The weather's too perfect. The, the warmth that messes with their joints, that Santa Clara sun just messing with their joints. Makes, makes, it's too warm for them. It's too warm. They can't breathe out there. That perfect California weather. Messes them all yes, up. Yes, so apparently Aaron Rodgers is allergic to California. <laughs> and even though he's from here. <laughs> he is from there. Did, didn't he go to uh, UCLA? No, he went to, or he went to Cal. Uh, that's right, Cal. Yeah. That's right, Cal. Yeah. He was one of those Cal. And he's a Niner fan. Grew up a Niner fan. Similar he to, did. Yeah, similar to Tom Brady. That's why he gives up. When the team is good, it's like a part of him. It's like there's a part of him that's just like, oh, I can't. I can't beat my team. <laughs> I can't do it. I can't do it. When they're shitty, like I'll, I'll do it when they're shitty. But but you know when the, when the chips are up, you know I, I gotta I gotta take one for the team. That's right. So concludes another edition of the Gold Cast. We are the voice of the Bay. I'm your host Rudy Cesar Third, and with me is my brother, my co-host Raymond Salisa the First, baby. Boom. We'll see you next time. Same Gold Cast time. Same gold cast channel. This is, is the gold cast. <laughs>